Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. Last weekend was the Killington Beast Ultra. It was a great race. It was a hard race with bad conditions on Saturday for the Ultra. A lot of people didn't finish that race. So if anybody was out there that tried or finished the race, my hat is off to you because it was a tough race. On this episode, I have Taylor Miller. She got first place in the Females Elite in the Ultra, and she's about to tell us all about it. Taylor Miller, what is going on today? Not much. How are you? Good. So, Taylor, before we go into how you just conquered the Killington (laughs) Ultra this past weekend, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, what you do for a living, how many people have you murdered in the past? (laughs) Um, I have murdered zero people. Oh. Uh, I'm from Tilton, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. And I work as a med tech at a nursing home. So basically, I give all the elderly their medicine. Oh, cool. I work uh, maintenance in a hospital. So I know know a lot about what you do, too. But we actually have a nursing home uh, on one of our off-site buildings also. Nice. Um, so, how did you get into, like, say, running? Have you always been a runner? How did you get into, you know, just being physical and OCR? I am not a runner at all by nature, actually. Um, I played field hockey in high school, so I had to run for that, and I absolutely hated it. Yeah. Um, and then, somehow or another, picked it up um, maybe, like, three years ago now. And I had decided that I wanted to run a half marathon. That was a big goal for me. So um, I had a couple of friends that were runners and asked their advice. And I did basically everything that they told me not to do. (laughs) Um, And I ended up injuring myself, training for that race, Um, still ran it with with the pulled muscle. And it was terrible. It took me like two and a half hours to run a half marathon and um it was pretty miserable so after that i decided i'd like to do another one but uh, maybe go about it a little bit differently so there uh was an ocr gym that was in my town and a friend of mine was one of the coaches there so i started to go to a beginner ocr class that he taught for strength training for my running to just train for this half marathon because that's all I cared about at that time and um it was really fun you know it's just like this a big big like adult jungle gym and um I saw all the people that were there training and I just thought they were the coolest people in the world and I was so terrified of them um so I I stuck with the beginners classes for like five or six months I think Um, until I ended up doing that race. And then um, I decided one day I'm just going to give it a shot. And I uh, trained with the big kids and it kicked the crap out of me. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. So that's really what got me into it. So what's the name of this gym? Um, It has actually since closed, but it was called um, The Loft in Tilton. But I'm still, uh, still team loft all the way. I hear you. So what was your first OCR race? My first OCR was um, the Super in Barrie, Mass. And that was, I think, two summers ago now. So what did you think about your first OCR race? Well, um, my teammates and coach at the time had told me it's a really flat venue, so... Um, you know, being a runner or some of a runner at that point, they said, you'll do great. You're a runner. Um, it's a really, it's a really flat course and you'll do great. And it, it is, but you know, OCR flat is, is different than running on a road. Oh yeah. 
it, there was, and it's on like a farm or something. So it was, it was hilly and I wasn't happy about that because to me that was not flat at all. <laughs> and it was downpouring that day. I was just um, about to ask that. I, I think I remember that year. Yeah, it was pretty miserable out. And at that time you couldn't pay me to run if it was even, you know, <laughs> if there was a possibility that it might rain. So I was pretty unpleased with that. And, um, I didn't do too well at that race, you know, so that was my first experience being, being that day. Um, I, I really didn't have that much fun. Honestly, I thought I did terribly, but it was like, okay, now I need to do another one and do it better. So, and that's what made you come back. What made you decide? Because I did see that you run the Killington ultra last year. What made yeah. you decide to sign up for your first ultra? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. My second <laughs> race was uh, the Beast at Killington. And I, I think, honestly, I was already signed up for Killington before I did Barry, which sounds like something silly that I would do. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Killington is, is Killington. There's no other way to explain it. So right. that, that was pretty brutal. But I knew I wanted to go back the next year, um, and just do the beast and not just the beast, you know, it's still, it's still pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. And, um, a couple of my girlfriends that I train with, one of them had said that she wanted to do an ultra and she was registering for New Jersey. And, um, at first I was like, no way, that's absolutely crazy. And then the more I thought about it, I just, I really like, um, a challenge, I guess. So I, not knowing if I'd be able to do it or not, um, decided to just go for it. So New Jersey was my first ultra last year. Oh yeah. I did that one too. That was a good year too. I had a blast there. I had a really, really good day that day. Yeah, I did too. I, I, I had a perfect race and I know me and my buddy, we come into the spear throw like right at the last time. And that was when that spear throw had that penalty loop where you had to go up that hill. Yes. <laughs> And he had missed it, and I, I, I still tease him about that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after that ultra, you fell in love with that, and then you signed up for the Killington Ultra for last year, too. So tell us about how that race went. Um, that one was probably, that was very eye-opening for me, very humbling for me, because, like me I too. said, in New Jersey, I went into it. I had never run anything close to that distance before, um, you know, training, training runs. It was, I was hiking during the winter, so I wasn't really running much And the longest distance I had done was like 16 miles. So I had no idea how my body was going to hold up. And, um, you know, it was tough, but I, I felt pretty good considering the whole time. And I just, I, I remember like coming into the transition area and, spirits were high and I was having a blast and then um you know I just had a good day so after that I decided you know what I'm going for it for Killington like I just I gotta I gotta see what this ultra here is all about and um I went into it with you know the experience of New Jersey knowing it was going to be a little more difficult and um it was a lot more difficult a lot I, more difficult I came into transition at Killington um, sobbing, basically, I was hurting worse than I'd ever been hurting in my life at that point, And it was only halfway done. And, um, I honestly didn't know if I could, if I could do it all again. Um, so it was definitely, it was, it was really physically hard for me. Um, but it was really mentally challenging too, just to even get out of transition and, and keep, I remember that I was pushing myself, like having to talk myself into even like running the downhills right after I got out of transition. So it was definitely mentally challenging for me. And you still had a decent race. Didn't you still place like fifth or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I was fifth. So that's pretty, that's, that's still, that's a good day at the ultra at Killington. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that for me was big, um, with the mental piece because, um, I was just kind of breaking it down um, in my head. And, um, once I got to a certain point, I just, I was like, I'm going to finish this race and it doesn't matter, you know, how, what my time is or anything. I'm just, I'm going to finish because that was, um, 
you know, that was an accomplishment of its own to me. So um, getting through that was, was definitely eye-opening as far as, uh, you know, how you're able to push yourself physically and mentally um, in ways that, you know, you never have before. So were you like me at the end of the ultra last year at Killington and said, I'm never going to do an ultra at Killington again? I think like immediately <laughs> after I said, absolutely not. I think I'm done. That was awful. And then like, by the time I got home, I was like, yeah, I'm totally going back. <laughs> I don't know what it is because like when you're in the moment, I mean, I remember like this past weekend, I was halfway through this race and I'm thinking, I'm never going to do an ultra again. You know, <laughs> that's the way I was thinking. But like when you finish it and you've got this mindset that was really hard and I wanted to quit, but I still finished and I don't want to do it again. But like a few days pass by and you think about that struggle and you think about how tough the race is and you just get that kind of euphoria as that was pretty awesome. And you think, hey, yeah, I kind of want that again. Right. You uh, you definitely forget about the pain a little bit afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You, it, for some reason, it's hard to remember the pain when it's in the moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you finished the Ultra last year. And you decided that you wanted to come back this year and do it. Uh, what was your your main factor in making that decision to come back this year? Um, I think partly that, um, like you said, it's just, it's this great accomplishment. And, um, I remember, you know, more, more so than the pain, I remember the amazing feeling of finishing. Um, and since then too, I've, gotten more into um trail running and just running in general so i right. felt like kind of in a better place um cardio wise and i i honestly want you know i wanted the challenge to see that if i could if i could improve not not even place wise just you know in my mind feeling like you know i i gave it absolutely everything that i had and um to just just even as a comparison, you know, I really like, um, I really like the long distance stuff I found out and I like the mental challenge of it. Right. Cause you definitely, you know, I mean, I can, I can think of a dozen different things I was saying to myself in my head, like these demons that were just coming up and be like, I don't want to finish this race, you know? And it's, yeah. it's like you said, you, it just can't be a physical toughness out there. You, you have to mentally fight as well as physically fight to finish, you know, races of this caliber, you know. Right, definitely. So what did you do to prepare knowing what you might be getting into this year? What did you do differently to prepare? I know you just said you were running and doing more trail running, but was there anything else? Um, really, I was just mostly running. Um, Unfortunately, since the loft is no longer there, it's been more difficult for me to um, get an obstacle work um, because there's not really anything that's super close to me. And I just honestly didn't make the time to, to travel to other places. Um, so I really focus on just running a lot. Um, I, I go to a gym that's um, in the town that I live in and um, I lift sometimes, but I focus more on uh, just kind of like body weight stuff. Um, I do a lot of like box jumps and lunges and, you know, just, um, simple mobility, things like that. Um, and like I said, once, once it's not freezing out anymore and the snow is gone, um, there's, there's some mountains, uh, pretty close to me, which is super convenient. So, um, definitely getting in some trail time, but to be completely honest, I think I was better off this year because I was, um, I think I may have been a little bit overtrained last year. You know, I just right. panicked this this crazy distance that you know it's it's gonna take so long, and knowing that it's on on a mountain and all that. Um, so I think I was just running, running, running last year, and I did. Um, I mixed in along with you know the trail running and stuff, just regular hikes and road running and speed work and incline work in the treadmill and stair stepper. So. I think honestly, I was, I you know, I felt like I was undertrained, and I was really nervous about that. But right. I think honestly, it was probably a good thing that I wasn't, you know, fatigued at all going into it. 
Yeah, and you weren't carrying like a nagging injury or something like that. Right. So were you going by like a specific like mileage plan, like how many miles you figured you were putting in a week? Um, no, honestly, I, I really have no idea. It was different, um, week to week. There was, there was quite a while, probably about a month, um, a little before that I just, I just didn't want to hike at all. I just wasn't enjoying it. So I figured, well, that probably means I shouldn't do it. Um, so I would just kind of do what felt good for me. You know, there was some days that I just, I felt like running and I would go out and I would run fast and that felt good. And there was some days that it felt good to hike and, um, I would just kind of play it by year, but, um, I was probably, I don't know, maybe like 20 miles a week or so and nothing crazy. Man, it sounds like me and you do the same, same training, training plans. Exactly. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Just do how you feel. <laughs> yeah. That seems to, I mean, it seems to work for me and that, that feels good. So I guess I'll just keep running with it. Okay. So did you go to the open house Friday before the race? I did. So what were you thinking, you know, being back, seeing everything? What did you do to prepare for this race the day before? Um, the day before, I had the day off, which was nice. I'm, you know, usually oh, yeah. I'm, I'm working, so I work to, to come home and throw everything together and leave. Um, so that was nice to be able to kind of wake up slowly. And um, I last year was following a a running program. I had a running coach last year and he had asked me when I first started working with him, do you usually run the morning before a race the day before? And I'd said, no. And he said, okay, well that's, that's fine. Maybe we'll just stick with that. And then he wrote it in my plan to run like three miles the day before <laughs> killing last year and it, you know, slow, easy miles. Um, and that, that felt okay. And I think sometimes for me, like, you know, rest is good, but just being active and just moving for me is good. So I, um, I woke up in the morning, went and ran three, like super chill, easy miles. And then, um, I stretched out and foam rolled real good. Um, just kind of like took it easy for a while. And then, um, then I headed, headed that way. Right. So the morning of the race, what was your routine? Um, wake up, look at my phone and look at the weather forecast and, uh, say a couple swear words. <laughs> um, because I was checking the weather, you know, way more than I should because it wasn't going to change. Too. I knew it wasn't going to change, but I just had to keep looking. Oh, yeah. Um, so usually I, you know, before a race, wait, you know, waking up early, I'm not, I'm not hungry, but I eat anyways, because I know I should, I usually do like oatmeal in the morning. Um, and I, I try to take a couple minutes anyways. It doesn't always work, especially on, on days like that. I just take a couple minutes and just like sit mm -hmm. and like breathe and like center myself. Like, listen, this really isn't like, it seems like it's the end of the world right now. And it seems like this is going to be the worst thing ever, but really this is a small moment of your life and, and it's really going to be okay. Um, so morning off basically you know just wake up eat get ready um I, I always bring my bucket the night before and I leave it the night before so that I don't have the opportunity to mess with my bucket and take things out and put things back in and second guess I just so that it was nice for me to have that out of the way and not have to worry about that so I just had to get go yeah, so I saw where somebody posted something about bears got into something. So we didn't leave our buckets out. But I remember last year at the South Carolina Ultra, I put my bucket out the night before. And I woke up at like 2 a.m. thinking, was my headlamp in the bucket? And then I couldn't remember if I'd packed my headlamp or not. So I got up and went, I got up at like 2 a.m. and went to Walmart and bought a headlamp just so I knew I would have another. And that morning, I went to my bucket to put the headlamp in there, and lo and behold, the other one was there. Well, so, now you have two. <laughs> exactly. So, and I mean, that just kind of like, if I would, I was thinking, you know, if I would have had my bucket here, I could have just opened it up and saw it, you know. And in the yeah. mornings, I know I'm going to go to my bucket anyway before the race, but I can totally see, you know, you know, I had anxiety because I didn't have my bucket too close to me, and you had it, 
because you had your bucket close to you. So I can see both sides to that. Yeah, for me, it's just better because I know I do the agonizing, like, unpack, pack, make sure, like, double, triple check before. And I I tend to, too, I'm kind of, like, maybe minimalist compared to other people. Like, you know, before my first ultra, before even going to Killington at all, I was looking at all these different things online, reading everything that anyone yeah. had ever written about what you should have in your bucket and do this don't do that and you know people bring extra shoes bring extra socks and I realized after Killington last year the last thing I ever want to do at the transition is take off my socks and change my shoes you know there's just things that um I've just realized I need to do what works for me yeah and um I totally I have shoes in my bucket but that's an emergency item. That is not, right. uh, oh, my shoes are wet. I'm going to change my shoes. Hell no. I, right. I, I don't want to be in transition more than five minutes and less than five minutes if I can get away with it. Exactly. So tell us, what did you have in your bucket? Tell us all your secrets. Okay. So I had, <laughs> um, I always forget to bring a plastic bag to put my dirty, gross clothes in. So I remembered that this right. year. Um, I brought the clothes that I was going to change into so I wouldn't have to, you know, check a bag or anything. Um, I, I think this was a good thing. I never have done it before, but I just happened to have a bottle of naproxen at at my apartment. And when I was leaving, I noticed it and I, I never really take anything like that, but I threw that in my bucket and I took a couple of those at transition. And I honestly think it helped me maybe a little bit to take a little bit of the achiness off. Yeah. Um, so I had that in there. Um, I had a, I had brought a dry long sleeve shirt to change into. Um, I have, and I don't take it out to read it, but before my first ultra, I had asked, um, my older brother if he would write a little, like, you know, note for me so that I could look at it at transition if I needed it before I went to um, Jersey just to like give me some motivation and up reading it beforehand, which I'm glad I did because (laughs) I wasn't in transition long enough that I was going to sit down and read it. But it was, it was like this just really nice, um, you know, thing about how, um, you know, just, he knows I, I can do it. You know, it was just really nice. Um, a really nice thing he wrote for me. So, um, since then I've, I just, I keep that. It's in a little plastic bag. I just keep that in there just because I don't know. I just like knowing that it's there, I guess. That's um, cool. And then Uncrustables are always my oh, yeah. um, transition meal. Um, so I had my Uncrustables and then I had some of the new Maple Cream Oreos are a game changer. Oh man, I love anything. Like I haven't tried those, but I know like at the Dollar General, I don't know if they have those up there, but they have those maple cream cookies and they're shaped like maple leaves and they're so good. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm really big into the uh, seasonal Oreos, so those ones are definitely good. I always, always do... Um, peanut m&ms so i had a bag of peanut m&ms and um i eat gluten-free and my boyfriend found me these gluten-free like munchkins at this bakery where he lives and he had got me a couple containers of those that i was totally gonna save for after the race (laughs) but um i had those in there and at transition one of those sounded really good so um i had all the food my clothes towel um, shoes to change into really that was it so so when you come into transition area what were you thinking um honestly i i was feeling pretty good mentally like i remember feeling better mentally my spirits were much higher than they were last year coming into transition at killington which kind of blows me away see i was the opposite i felt worse this year than last year <laughs> yeah i think um you know like i said for me so much of this is mental and i have ways of breaking it down in my head that work for me and um i was really really not looking forward to the swim and being wet and being cold so i just kept telling myself get to transition and you can change your shirt and you'll be dry even though that's silly because you know you we yeah. get wet anyways immediately after yeah, it wasn't with a couple miles but for me, mentally, it was like, just get to transition, eat your Uncrustable, 
Um, also, getting to transition past the halfway mark was really good for me because then it's like, okay, I'm more than halfway done. Um, so when I got to transition this year, I actually, you know, I was definitely hurting, but I think compared to last year, I knew that I should be right because when I got to transition last year, I was hurting way more than I expected to. And I was definitely hurting this year too, but I knew that that's probably how I should be feeling. So, um, I actually was feeling okay. Right. Now, did you manage to come out of transition and beat, uh, a group of beast runners coming out. I, I swear, every time I do an ultra race, I'll come out and uh, like they'll just be sending, you know, a group of beast runners out, and I'll get stuck behind them, and then I'll have to, you know, ultra my way through it. You know, yeah. It, it, I honestly don't remember anyone <laughs> being around me at that point. I was just thinking, like, all right, let's just let's just go, let's just finish this thing. And I kind of like that little you know, little path we had to take through the woods before we got back in front of the start line. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I like all the technical trails. Give me all the technical trails. That's the fun part yeah. to me. Yes, I like that too. <clears throat> okay, so what did you think about the Ultra Loop? Honestly, again, so it doesn't stick out to me. Like, I, you know, you see people talking about whatever after and... I don't remember it being um, super crazy. Like, Bear Mountain last year destroyed me. That was terrible. Yeah. To me, that was way worse than the Death March all day. Yeah, um, so it was. that really stuck out to me. Really, I don't remember anything sticking out as being that bad. The, the sandbag carry, we had a sandbag carry, right? That was on yep. the open loop. That sucked. Yeah, it did suck. It's, it's it's a little bit flat at first, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't that bad. And then you start to go up, and everything's just so slippery. It and, was long, too. Um, yeah, I remember really being unhappy about that. But I think for me, that was the worst of it, really. Oh, you don't remember that long climb that was, you know, to get out of there after we did the plate drag? We had to do that long climb, and it was in that about waist-high grass. Maybe I'm just blocking it out. Oh, man, that was the worst. <laughs> I think that was what helped me get out of transition more than anything because it's good it's cool it's good i don't have to do that ultra loop again it's yes, only 14 exactly. miles let's get it done right so i think that helped me a lot yeah so, yeah definitely being more than halfway knowing that um knowing there was no ultra loop again was yeah. was just mileage wise really and knowing that um i had less than half you know less than halfway to go so when you, I mean, I'm sure you probably figured it out once you left transition, but did you know your placement during the first lap? Um, I knew at, at some point, I really have no idea when it was, I don't remember, but I had gotten to one obstacle and someone had said, oh, you're in fourth place. And I was like, oh, cool. That's, that's great. And then, um, I remember anything passing a couple girls and then, um, when I got to the rig, so my my grip was just trash, and I, I need to work a lot more on my strength anyways. But um, I failed the rig, so I'm doing my burpees, you know, right across from transition, and there was a volunteer there, and he said, you're in second, you know that, right? And I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't, So I don't think I knew until then. Or no, no, I, I did know that, because um, when I got to the, the Ultra Loop sandbag, the yeah. volunteer said, Oh, first place is right up there. So she was doing the sandbag, and I caught up to her at the sandbag and passed her for, like, literally a minute. And then right <laughs> at the plate drag, she passed me again. But I was like, that's cool. I was in first for a second. Like, right. that honestly just made my day. I was like, <laughs> sweet. Like, I'm a winner in my own eyes. Um, <laughs> then I hadn't seen her again in a while after that. So, yeah, I, I knew that I was in second place at that point. Cool. So when you left transition, you were in second. You knew that. Right. So when did you take first place? Um, honestly, again, mileage-wise, I have no idea when it was. But um, I, remember, I remember catching up to her, and I saw her a couple times. We were back and forth again a little bit. And then the last time I remember seeing her was at um, the box. Right. I think it. And um, 
I, I made it, I made it over that one. Okay. The first time. And the second time I was struggling. Um, and it was pissing me off, honestly, because I knew I knew I could do it and I knew I'd gotten it the first time. So I, my, I, I got up by pulling myself up by the knots, like putting my feet on the knots and then pulling myself up once I got high enough to reach the bar that's on the top. Right. And, um, I was just hanging pathetically from that rope and I looked over and I saw her she was across the uh, across the thing and um so then I you know looked down and looked back up and she was gone so I was like oh she's she's long gone by now and um I didn't see her again after that so I figured she was just cruising right along and I figured all the obstacles that um I kept failing that she was you know that she was getting through and um I just figured she was quite a ways ahead of me but um I saw her after we were done and I guess she had um she didn't want to keep you know like wasting time there so she had burpeed out of that obstacle so I didn't realize that's when I had passed her oh wow so you were in first thinking you were in second the rest of the race pretty much then huh yeah well, hey, that's a good place to be because then you're you got that extra push and trying to catch up with first but you're already there Right, yeah. There was actually there's a couple a couple people on course that had said, "Oh, like it's, this is the first girl we've seen. You're the first. And I was like, "No, I'm not." But like, thank you. Oh, it's nice for you to say. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so when you were running, you know, you said you changed your shirt at drop bend. So what were you carrying on you? Were you carrying hydration? Like how many gels were you carrying? What what was your strategy there? Um, my strategy tends to be to like overpack if anything. Um, I probably came back with like at least half of the fuel I'd brought with me. Um, but I do, um, I really like the vest I have. It's a Solomon vest and it has the two different bottles in the front because I usually do, um, a thing of heed by hammer. I use that too. I I love that stuff. Yep, I usually do one of those in one bottle and then just water in the other so that I'm not stuck with, like, whatever flavor, you know, so I'm not just stuck drinking, like, melon-flavored water the whole time. Right. Um, so I usually do that, and then I put one in my bin so that I can refill with another thing I heed for the second lap. Um, I usually do gels. I think I only I only had, like, one gel while I was out all day because I just honestly didn't want them. Um, I really like the, the Stinger waffles. Right. Those things um, are good. Yeah. In, in moments like that, for me, like, the desserty stuff is just, like, amazing. So... Oh, yeah. I had a couple of those. Um, I And I also do just... I've been kind of experimenting with just different... Um, more like whole food things like regular like granola bars and things like that because sometimes the gels don't sit well in my stomach or it's just like it just doesn't appeal to me really yeah Yeah. Um, it's like certain flavors like i love hammers gels and honey stingers gels but those flavors like when you're in like pushing really hard and your heart rate's up it's hard to kind of stomach those flavors i never have any gi issues it's just a a matter of taste. I, I don't have the taste for that. So yeah, I, see, I know what you're talking I, about. Well, with the, I got a, um, I forget what the brand is, but it was a s'mores flavored one. Ooh, that and uh, I had like five gels in my vest. So I just randomly picked one and I was like, oh my God, it was like the best thing I had <laughs> ever had in my life. And then I usually also do, um, I'll bring usually just a container of like the fizz tabs or something. Right. Um, if I feel like I'm going to cramp up at, at Killington um, last year, I think it was. Or no, when I did the Beast at Killington, I, I cramped up really bad after the swim. I think I was like flailing a lot because I just was unhappy about being in the water. And my legs cramped up so bad. And I had a like individual sized um, fizz tab, but I didn't know when I was going to be at another water station and I didn't have the same vest I have now. So I just ate the fizz tab and it it worked, (laughs) it worked fine for me. So like, again, like I said, I just kind of do my own thing now. So it didn't like foam up in your mouth. Oh yeah, I did, but (laughs) it wasn't that bad. And I don't know, maybe it doesn't really work, but I felt like it helped for me then. Oh, I'm sure it did. 
So I bring usually a container of those and stick it in my vest. That way, if I need if I need a fist tap, I can just eat one like a weirdo. Because I know Hammer makes those Endurolites. They got the pill form, and it's pretty much, I think, the same thing. It's those tablets, but it's in a pill, and you can swallow it. But yep, like when, I've when, done those before. When you got a cramp on you, I know I, I've done it a couple of times, and I've bit into one of those and just took all that salt in. And if you don't have yeah. any water to wash it down, like right behind it, oh my god, it's yeah, it's pretty rough. Pretty nasty. I, I was just about to say, I, you know, I was using those um, the hammer tablets too, and I had two belts with like the little Nathan bottles on it, and yep. the first set had heat in it and it transitioned i put a belt on and i had just two of those tablets one in each bottle but the bottle's only like a 10 ounce bottle and i think you know you're supposed to put one of those tablets in like 16 ounces of water yeah so, man them things had some bite on it <laughs> yeah i actually so um i, I brought it wasn't hammer i was some other brand but i just had the whole bottle that i stuck in my vest for the second lap um and it was at some point, I'm just hiking, I think it was a death march the second time, I heard this wicked loud pop, and I didn't know what it was, and it scared me, but it sounded <laughs> like it came from me, and I'm looking around, there's a couple guys around me, I'm like, what was that? It sounded like a gunshot, and it was some, the cap had opened up a little bit on the tabs, and water got in there. Oh no. I'd like close it again, so it like exploded. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started fizzing up. <laughs> yeah, definitely did, it was like one big chunk after that. So I use those little bottles because if if you've got that cap down good on those bottles, like I put those uh, Enduralite pills in that bottle just to keep them waterproof, and that's yep. what I use when I'm running. You so Try I'm, that. I'm always the guy that tries something new on race day, and it. Ooh, bold. And I know you never do that, so I usually run with like a flip belt because last year I didn't even run with hydration on the first lap; I did on the second lap. And yep. like two days before, you know, I'm packing everything, I can't find my flip belt. And a flip belt, I don't know if you know what it is, but it, it's like you pull it on like a pair of pants. And it's just like yeah. a... Yeah, a, I've used those before. For yeah, it's like just, it's just a ride. belt that's got pockets in it, pretty much. And just something put gels in and a little pill bottle. And I couldn't find it. And so I knew my girlfriend, she was wearing her vest. So she had another, like... It was kind of like the Nathan belt with two bottles, but it was just a knockoff brand. And I was like, all right, I'll use it, you know. So never used it before. And it, it was actually cool because it had a big pocket and you could put more stuff in it. But, like, the belt kept sliding down constantly. And I just felt like I was trying to keep on pulling up my pants with it about every 10 minutes. But, you know. And then I was, I, I, like, I never run, tried those sport beans. And she bought a whole case of those things and i was like huh i'll try these and like i said i got a cast iron stomach so like i know going up the death march on the second lap i started eating some of those jelly beans i was like man these things are good i ate like two packs in a row i used to do too and they're good but um yeah like i said i just i like to just experiment with different things and also like find what's easy for me to eat. Like I made the mistake one time of taking like, I don't know why it sounded like a good idea, but, and it wasn't at a race. It was just like a training run, but it was a long run. And I brought one of those like nature Valley granola bars. Oh yeah. They're real crunchy. <laughs> yeah. They're super crunchy and super dry. And I waited too long to eat. And then I was trying to eat one of those while I was running and it was just, Awful. really bad and it didn't go well so um i try to try to stick with things that i know that are convenient and that i know work well for me and that i'm actually gonna like because and like i said in moments like that like you want something that you're actually like if you can possibly be excited about it to be able to you know have that while you're out there yeah and it's like the uncrustables have like the perfect you know ratio of peanut butter and jelly and there's no crust so it makes it very easy to eat there was one year we decided we'll just make our own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and what we did was we just slopped a ton of peanut butter on there and i remember getting a transition you know you know at high heart rate and i'm sitting here trying to chew on the sandwich and i'm like forget uh, this yeah. i took one bite out of it and just you know just chewed and chewed and chewed it was the worst actually a little upset because i usually bring two and um i only ate one of them this year and i actually i was almost out of transition and i was like 
oh my god, I should probably bring my other Uncrustable because I might want it while I'm out there. So I ran back, stuffed it in the back of my vest, and then didn't end up, you know, wanting it or needing it. So then after I finished, I was like, oh my god, I still have that second Uncrustable left. And I was really excited about it. And it was gone. I lost it somewhere out there. So now it belongs to the mountain. Okay, so this is a funny story. When I was in the swim... I saw an Uncrustable in the water. I don't think it was yours because I saw it on the first lap, but... I, I was in the water, and someone someone went, Oh, no, an Uncrustable! And I was like, Oh, my God! Because I was thinking, It's mine! But then I'm like, No, it's not mine, because mine are still in my den. I mm. hadn't gotten... That, that was but... probably me you heard say that, because I actually like threw it back. Cause I knew the person that was behind me, and I threw yeah. it back to him, and I almost hit him in the head with it. And then he uh... threw it behind him, and he almost hit the person in the head behind him. <laughs> Why weren't all these people trying to keep it for themselves? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we probably thought it already had lake water in it at that point. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, okay, so you're coming into the last gauntlet of the race, and, and what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Um, so I knew that I was going to do some more burpees. You know, like I said, um... My, you know, my strength was kind of shot at that point anyways, but my grip was just junk all day from everything being really wet. Um, so I was already anticipating having to do burpees um, for the spear and for the rig, um, and I was I was okay with that. Um, I, you know, I felt good about the hoist. So honestly, I was just like, I, I felt really good mentally. I felt a lot better physically than I than I would have thought too um you know like I said I was definitely feeling it and I was ready to be done but um I, my running still felt really strong actually so I felt like I was keeping a good pace in the last like I don't know seven or eight miles or so I was really just like all right let's let's do this and I was just ready to ready to go and get my burpees over with and and finish so I actually like I felt really good I remember last year like really struggling mentally and like having to push super hard and this year, I was just like, all right, let's just go. Let's get these burpees over with and and do it. So what what obstacles did you fail during the race? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I failed a lot. I failed a lot. Well, you had to have been – you had a great day either way because you got first, so. Um, so I was actually happy because usually monkey bars are, like, in the beginning – and even if it's, like, a dry day, I feel like I usually hit monkey bars early enough that there's, like, dew or whatever on them. And right. they're still free from that. So I usually fail monkey bars first, and then second lap, I I make it. And I made it first time on the monkey bars this year. So I was like, all right, that's another small victory for me. Um, so I failed that the second time. It was raining um, when I went through there the second time. It probably was raining when you went through there, too. Yeah, probably. Um, I failed. Um, Olympus was just super slick. Like, I went to put my foot up, and it would just immediately slip off. Um, but that was one that there was the um, penalty, loop. penalty loop for, which I love that. I loved that at Jersey last year. That totally plays into my favor. So I was like, all right, sweet. I'll just go take a little jog. Um, Twister, which I usually am okay with. Um, again, just every, anything grit pretty much, um, I had a really hard time with. Everything was soaking wet. I think everybody yeah, was having problems. And some of it too, um, even though I, I think I'm fairly tall, um, you know, some, even like the, the reach to, to grab on to, um, like Twister. And then I think it was, I forget which one it is, but it's like the monkey bars, but it has the one in the middle that like twist around oh you're talking about um, beater the one that spins yeah even the reach to start on some of those is yeah. a little high for me so i was thinking you know what i'm not gonna kill myself to like make make that much of an attempt and maybe fall and hurt myself you know falling onto the ground from here so yeah. i was kind of playing it a little bit conservative just knowing that you know my my grip wasn't going to be great anyways well I know that like when it's when it's wet and rainy out there, all the obstacles are going to be a lot more difficult. But to me, 
and I don't know if I was just having an off day because I've only failed a rig one time until this weekend and I failed that rig twice. I don't know if it was just the placement of the knots or something. I mean, I felt good all the way up until I grabbed that rope on those three ropes at the end and I just, I yeah. don't know, couldn't function when I got there. I did, um, I messed around with that one at the open house and I said the same thing. I was looking at all of them because all the ropes were different they're different lengths they all had knots at different spots in them and when i i made it through the rig the day before yeah me too dropped, but i as soon as i got down i was there with with those same girls that i trained with i said i didn't like that at all i really did not like that yeah so yeah i didn't like those ropes either but i i didn't even make it that far either time yeah, I remember doing it in the open house, and I was thinking, that was a pretty tough rig, and if it's raining uh -huh. tomorrow, it's going to be really tough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here it is. You've come into the race, and you crossed the finish line. Tell us what that felt like. Um, I was really just happy that, you know, I was happy to be done. I was really cold for a lot of that day. Um, anyone that knows me, I... I'm a little baby about the cold. I truly feel like my body doesn't function well in cold. Like last year, um, it was much warmer. Oh, obviously. yeah. Um, and I remember thinking like, you know, I was comfortable, but I remember thinking like if it was like 10 or 15 degrees warmer, I would have been really happy. It and then I perfect. Said, oh, oh, my God, it was so hot. And I'm like, well, we have the same race because like I was okay. So I just cold and me aren't buddies. And um, I was super concerned about the swim about the cold from the swim and then when i got in the water the first time i was like okay this really the water isn't that bad it's really not that bad but then getting out of the water right you're cold and you're obviously soaking wet and i was so cold for the next couple miles after that first swim um and my i should have had gloves or something i didn't have any gloves I was just so cold and so miserable that I, I thought about bailing for that first like hour, probably after the first swim, because I was like mentally, I don't, I don't know if I can do the rest of this race like this. I was so cold. Oh, and wow. then, um, you know, it, it probably warmed up a little bit outside and I started to dry off. And then I realized like, Oh my God, I'm not shivering anymore. Like I'm okay. Um, but you know, on and off it was raining and it was windy and just you know crappy out so i was really just um i was really happy to be done so that i could change and <laughs> um you know obviously it's like it's a great feeling to finish because i had all this anticipation in my mind of like what it's going to be like and then in like the week or so earlier it was all this anticipation of it's going to be terrible because of the weather and i was right. so concerned about that and so concerned about honestly if i would even finish or not so um you know, I was really just, honestly, I was kind of like in shock. Like they, when they said like, oh, you won. And I, I didn't know. Um, it still just like, didn't, didn't like set in for a little while because like I said, I, I didn't even expect to, I was, I was hoping just to finish, you right. know, let alone, you know, however placement wise. So, um, I think I was a little bit like I definitely had the race brain going a little bit, but I was I was definitely happy. So it's one of those things when you expect the worst, sometimes the best things happen. Yeah, apparently. That sounds like a nice little saying. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna put a patent on it. So uh, <laughs> I always ask these questions to um, you know everybody I have on the show if I have time. So to date, what has been the best race you've ever had, and why? Um, well, are we talking like your best, races? most favorite? It doesn't matter. Um, my most favorite race, I think was a New Jersey ultra because that was my first ultra. So I went into that again, not knowing what to expect, not knowing, um, how I'd feel, not knowing how I'd hold up in that mileage. Um, you know, I just, it was all completely unknown. I had nothing to compare it to. And um, how much fun I actually really did have and um, how, how well I felt physically, you know, considering, um, you know, placing well was like obviously a huge like bonus on top of all of that. But I just, I have a memory in my mind of that day, just like 
I, there was definitely things, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, I want to work on this or that or whatever. But I really didn't leave that race thinking like, oh, I really wish I had done this or that differently. Like I just felt all around pretty good about that day. Yeah, the euphoria from finishing your first ultra is, it's it's pretty awesome. I remember mine too. Yeah, absolutely. Was Killington your first elite podium? Uh, yes, it was. That's awesome. What a place to earn your first elite podium. I mean, that's I like... Know. I think it being Killington, just because, you know, if if you know, you know. Like, Killington yeah. is just, it's Killington. So that, that definitely makes it... Uh, mean more to me i think hmm. okay so what has been your worst race or the race you hated the most and why uh, my worst race and the one i hated the most is probably my very first race it was probably that race at barry because <laughs> uh and i didn't know what to expect i didn't know what it was going to be like i hadn't you know i had done some obstacle training at the loft but you know, it's there. They don't have. They didn't have everything there, and I just. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what all the obstacles were going to be. Um. Again, the weather was miserable, and you know, to me at that point, like racing in that, I was like, "Wait, you want me to do what?" Um. It was super muddy. Like I just wasn't. Um. I I remember having zero fun that day. You know, every no. time, every time I think, because I wasn't there that year you went, but I remember reading the post on it, and everybody talked about how miserable that race was because it was raining so much and it was so muddy. Everybody was failing everything. So every time I think about Barry Mass, I think about that place. Yeah, it was super <laughs> muddy too. Yeah, I remember getting really annoyed about that because, <laughs> you know, at least like usually for me, like. I have the upper hand in like that I'm a runner, so I, I can make up time with my speed and I couldn't even do that because it was so muddy that I couldn't even I couldn't even run at some point. So yeah, that 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 whole day um, as a whole was just pretty bad for me. Hmm. Okay, so we've kind of gone over this a little bit, but what is your race which ritual? What are you doing like the night before, the morning of? What are you doing after the race to recover? Like what is your you know, what is your ritual? Like, what's your cheat meal after the race? Tell us about it. Um, so, night before, I really try to keep things simple. Like, I've never really been one that does the whole, like, carb load thing. Like, I really just stick with, like, the same things. Because, again, you know, like like you said, trying something new, I'm always weary about, like... Right. Because, you know, like, it sounds good. Like, oh, I'm going to go eat a whole plate of spaghetti or, like, something. But, like, I don't usually... I usually eat pretty... Um, pretty plain meal so um lately I've actually been like if I'm traveling I bring my own food with me just so that I you know I know what I'm eating um I know that I'm eating enough but like of you know the good carbs and all that um I don't really I you know usually try a couple days before in the night of just like stretch out you know kind of like take it easy yeah try to go to bed early if if possible um, unless I'm like, you know, up worrying, which I usually am. Do you sleep good the night before a race? Um, honestly, I usually sleep okay. Yeah. I really do. Um, morning of, like I said, I usually just wake up, eat, even though I'm not hungry. Right. Um, I always have my stuff all like set up already, like what I'm going to wear. So, um, for me, like every day I'm the kind of person like I need to wake up right when that alarm goes off. I can't hit snooze because I have this like irrational fear of like sleeping through my alarm. <laughs> so, um, which I think is good for me. I probably tend to wake up earlier than I have to, but it gives me some time to wake up and kind of get moving. Um, so I usually just, you know, wake up, eat, get dressed, kind of, you know, whatever. I don't really have anything like, anything special that I do. Um, sometimes like if I'm at the venue a little bit early, I'll, you know, go for like just a little, like just like walk around or try to like shake out, jog a little bit, stretch yeah. a little bit. Um, afterwards, my go-to cheat meal would always be pizza. But Hell lately, yeah. lately I've been doing a burger because I feel like, I mean, it's just, it's good. <laughs> but I'll, so, you know, I'm getting a little bit of protein into not just straight carbs, which seems to work better for me. Like, 
you know, the next day, I, I feel like it's a little bit more helpful for me recovery-wise to not just have straight coffee. Um, honestly, I'm really not the best recovery-wise. Like, that's, I've, I've never really been great about the recovery thing. But, um, you know, I definitely take it easy the next day. Um, just stretch. And I didn't foam roll this time because I was scared to because it probably would have hurt too bad. But, um, the next day, I just usually kind of take it easy and... I'm probably more hungry the day after than I usually am right after the race anyways. Oh, so sure. I just usually spend the day eating anything and everything. Okay, so what are like products that you swear by? Like you've got to have it to race with. Um, so like I said, I really like um, the heat for the long distance stuff. Having, having one of those... Um, I really like the um, the those stinger waffles. Are we talking fuel or anything? Gear. Um, yeah, the gels. The gels work well for me, um, even though I've been kind of experimenting with other things. Like I already said, my my uncrustables are my go-to. I will stand by those for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> uncrustables are great. Um. I actually am going to have to retire them after after Killington because they were looking a little bit beat up uh, before and after. They're definitely done for, but um, my trail shoes are Solomon's, and I really like those. I've put you know a ton of miles on those. Um, my vest is also Solomon, and I really love that. Uh, besides that, I'm really not big into like you know the the techie gear stuff. I just kind of do what works for me like I don't wear um like expensive like compression pants or no, it's just gonna get torn up I just I wear what's comfortable for me right okay what is something that most people don't know about you um oh my gosh I don't I don't know this is a new this is a new question I've added to my list and this, you're the first person I've asked people don't know about me so make it good okay all right well um so i recently have become a plant mom i don't have children of my own uh but i my boyfriend is really into different plants and things like that and he got me this little um succulent and he came over with it and i was like what'd you do that for <laughs> and he's like, no this will be perfect for you it's there very little maintenance you barely have to water it you, you it's so hard to kill it and I was like all right we'll see and uh since then the little the little succulent kind of grew on me and now I have um a big fern a big hanging fern I have that same succulent that I haven't killed yet <laughs> I have a little bonsai tree and I actually have a couple more plants so I'm apparently a plant person now too oh that's pretty cool <laughs> okay last question for anybody that is thinking about doing the Killington Ultra what advice would you give them just do it um I think are you sponsored by it, Nike or something <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of it for me um was was mental like you know like I've touched on a little bit um you know of course like you need to be ready physically for a long day. Um, but I think really so much of it is mental. You just have to, I, I spend the week before pretty much trying to make like that mental shift, just like, all right, this is, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to be out there for a long time and, um, it's going to suck and it's supposed to, and it's going to hurt and it's supposed to. Um, but, knowing the feeling of finishing something like that is is incredible and after after last year um realizing that that you're able to push yourself physically much farther and harder than you would think you're able to because of a place you you go to mentally um was really huge for me so um you know i would say a lot of it is just mental and um once you once you start, it's like you know I I'm all nerves before before the race, and then once it starts, it's like 
okay, this is what I'm doing now, you know? This so, is what um, I'm doing for the 10 plus hours now. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is my day. So, yeah. you know, just, um, you know, obviously physically you need to, you know, you need to be ready to, uh, to do some hiking, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really just that mental thing. So I think, uh, if anyone's questioning it, um, I say go for it and, um, you'll probably surprise yourself and, and maybe have some fun too. <laughs> hmm. I don't think you could have summed it up better, you know. That's, well, that's probably the best way. <clears throat> Taylor, is there anything you want to add to this? You want people to follow you on Facebook or Instagram? You got that? Oh, I do have Facebook and Instagram, but um, I'm really not that. If you if you would like to follow me, feel free. I would greatly appreciate it, but I'm not that, all that exciting on there, so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if there's anything else you want to add? Um, I think that's it, but, um, I thank you for having me and I appreciate, I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for coming on. And, uh, I just want to congratulate you on, you know, podium, um, a first place at one of the hardest ultras in the U.S. for sure. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you later, Taylor. Take it easy. Okay. Sounds good. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Taylor again for taking the time out of her day to tell us how her race went. I also want to congratulate her on her first elite podium. Imagine that. Your first elite podium is at the Killington Ultra. Guys, you don't get no better than that. That's the bee's knees, as they say. Go to Obstacle Running Adventures. Check out their podcast. I was on it last week talking about my race. Mike Stefano and Caitlin Ritter do a great job with their podcast. They do episodes every week. I don't do that. I'm lazy. Uh, I want to thank everybody that I met at the race this past weekend. It means a lot when people come up to me and tell me they listen to the show. It seemed like, I know it happened more than a dozen times, whether I was walking around in the venue or if it was during the race. If I opened my mouth, somebody would say, hey, don't you have a podcast? Or they'd say, hey, I listen to your podcast. And I just think that's so cool. People recognize my redneck voice before they recognize my redneck face with my cool skater haircut that all the girls like. Don't listen to what Michael says. So anyway, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. My next race will be Conyers Super and Sprint. There's no new reviews. Leave a review and I'll read it. And I just want to say thank you for everybody that listens. We'll see you at the next race. Later.